in a year in which countless projects have been modified, rescheduled, or altogether cancelled, CCBR achieved its second highest engagement count ever. This demonstrates the goodness of our God and the creativity and commitment of the CCBR team. Throughout history, whenever great injustices existed, youth movements have risen up to combat and end those injustices. You have organizations out there like the Center for Bioethical Reform. The Center for Bioethical Reform. Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform. Organizations like the Center for Bioethical Reform to receive public funds when they then use to attack a woman's right to choose. Abortion kills all kinds of people, so then all kinds of people can join the pro-life movement to save these babies. I was talking to a young man on the streets of Toronto. I spoke with a woman named Lucy about abortion. Today we were doing choice chain in downtown Regina. By the end of the conversation, she was completely pro-life. He then walked away 100% pro-life. Completely pro-life. We should remember that each of those babies that die every day in Canada not only have the right to life that's being violated, they also have the right to artifacts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special episode of the Pro-Life Guys podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. If this is your first time, let me share with you who we are. We are two guys who are passionate about ending the killing of preborn children in Canada. And this is a podcast dedicated to giving you the tools that you need to change minds and save lives from abortion. That's what we've been doing since July 29, the very date our very first episode dropped up until this point. Um, But today we have a special episode for you. Before I get into that, my name is Peter. I'm the host of the show. With me again is Cameron Cote, the co-host of the show and the author of that opening quote that I share with you a little bit earlier. Cam, could you elaborate on that a little bit? For sure. 2020 has been a crazy, psycho, challenging, difficult, depressing, all sorts of terrible things kind of year. It's been nuts at CCBR trying to cope with all of the restrictions and guidelines and everything, constantly modifying and rescheduling everything. And in some ways, it feels like so much has been canceled. We, we didn't run either of our main summer internships. We had lots of events canceled, crash courses, pro-life weeks of action, all this kind of thing. And yet here we are at the end of the year and we've achieved the second highest view count that we've ever achieved as an organization. Five years ago, we were struggling to reach a million views of our projects. And here we are um, on what many would call an off year. Many people would, would even go so far as to write off the year entirely. And yet we've still... We almost achieved as many views as we did last year, and last year was a record year sort of thing. And so I I cannot um, be thankful enough to, to our good and gracious God for guiding us through this, um, this minefield of a year that 2020 has been. And I can't compliment our, our coworkers, our staff, our volunteers, the interns who joined us for various programs, our financial supporters and prayer warriors who have been uh, making this entire year possible. It has been absolutely amazing to see what we've been able to accomplish, even with all of the um, different hurdles that have been thrown our way. Yeah, that's that's a good word, sir. Now, let me share what this episode is going to be about. What we want to do here is do a CCBR year in review. Uh, and you might be wondering, you know, why is that? Well, this, is, this podcast is a, a project of CCBR, the Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform. We are an educational pro-life organization here in Canada. And 
part of this podcast is to highlight some of the work that we do, highlight the strategy that we use, highlight the stories that we have and the, the things that we experience on the streets. And so what we hope to do now and, and what we, uh, the good Lord willing, hope to do at the end of every year is to share a little bit about what has been accomplished throughout the year. And it's good to note, and this is a little bit of a plug for the conversation that we had with Blaze Elaine about enacting a theory of change in the pro-life movement. We have a pretty detailed plan about how we want to challenge the culture with the truth about abortion, what our goal is, and and detailed plans and strategies um, kind of making their way towards that goal. And so keeping track of stats, keeping track of stories, keeping track of all the things that we've done helps to, helps us to analyze and to see whether we're on track to reach the goals that we want or whether we need to change some things because we're not on track. So we keep some pretty detailed stats and all of that. Um, and so what we want to do now is just share how some of our goals were met, uh, how we were able to reach people and all the things that we were able to do. Cam, like you mentioned, uh, there was a lot canceled. Uh, you mentioned internships. There were two internships canceled in the East here. Uh, in the GTA, there were two internships canceled in the West, in Calgary. Uh, we did end up doing one internship. It was a shortened, uh, kind of different internship. We had other projects that we were planning. All of them got canceled around uh, March or April or something like that. And yet, uh, like you said, thanks to uh, thanks to the Lord for sure, uh, but also as a testament to the creativity and the flexibility, as it were, of the people that we work with, sir. A really, really great bunch. We were able to do a lot. So let's let's kick things off with this podcast. I mean, this podcast is a direct result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, we were planning a podcast already kind of in the back of everyone's mind. Um, this is something we should do. We, uh, we had requests from it from other people. But I guess the process was sped up a little bit as we were in lockdown looking for things to do and being like, okay, here's all the backup plans that we had that we didn't have time to do prior to this moment. Uh, let's see what we can figure out right now. So could you share with us a little bit about what's all happened on the podcast so far? Yeah. So so from, I, I want to say that maybe we started talking about the podcast in May or so. Um, there, There's a team of us who all started talking about what this should look like, how it would be the most beneficial. It, it dovetails really well with the development that we've been trying to do, not only with the internships, but also with the volunteer programs of supplementing a lot of the preliminary training to continue the mentorship and and as you mentioned we launched our first episode on July 29th we had or I speak for myself I I might speak for you as well Peter we had very little idea what we were doing um especially for me because I'm I'm not a huge podcast consumer um as weird as it may sound I've definitely recorded more podcast episodes than I've listened to across all different podcast shows and whatnot and yet, in since July 29th, we have grown incredibly. We've launched 23 episodes featuring 11 different high-profile guests from the Canadian American pro-life movements, um, some of our good friends, some people that we didn't know at all until we had the opportunity to interview them. It has been super, super, super cool. Um seeing this podcast go from the the embryonic stage as it were all the way to where we are now which is certainly not full development i don't think not only because we've got a couple of exciting um new launch launches that we're going to be doing in the new year um, that are going to further develop this and supplement some of the the output that we're already doing but um 
we we have grown more than I ever would have anticipated. I remember trying to figure out how to gauge the success of a podcast. I don't remember exactly where I read it, but um, I, I read an article saying that if your if your podcast is receiving more than 145 downloads per month, then you're above 50% of other podcasts. And and this blew my mind because we by God's grace, achieved that very, very early on. And, and now we are um, exponentially above that, which has been really, really cool. But before I get into too many of the other stats, as I mentioned, we've had 11 guests and we've covered 23 different topics. And Peter, I'm curious, as the host, as um, not only the brains, but also the looks of the operation, uh, what, what, what has been the highlight for you, uh, whether it's a guest, whether it's a particular episode that you and I got to work on, what has been maybe one or two highlights for you over this past year? Yeah, that's a great question. I think about the episode that we just had with Dr. Ryan Wilson of the Canadian Physicians for Life. That gentleman is way smarter than I am. He knows a lot more than I am. I, I've been in the movement for five or six years now, and I like to think that I know a little bit, and then I listen to him and I realize how small and insignificant I actually am when it comes to uh, understanding some of these medical things. So that was a really, really enlightening episode for me, and one of those episodes that I hope to go back to and listen to again and, and perhaps again, because that's, that, that sort of episode will help in some of the conversations that I have on the streets Another one that was pretty cool that I, I liked was the one that we did with Seth Dreyer from Created Equal. I have a, a lot of respect for that man and the organization and the work that they're doing. And it was really cool to hear some of the projects that they were doing. It was cool to hear some of the election analysis that he had uh, and just a, a level-headed approach and a strategically significant and effective approach to doing activism and to reaching people. And uh, if you're listening, Seth, at, at one point, I do want to apply to one of your justice rides and, and see what you guys do and how you do it and receive some of the training that uh, that you guys provide. So if you see my my application, don't be too surprised about that. But those were two highlights for me. I I, I mean, I, I loved all of them. There were a lot of good things. Uh, those are two that stick out on the top of my mind as you asked me that question. But Cam, how about yourself? What, what is, what's a highlight or two that you've had as, as we've done this podcast over the last couple of months? This is so tricky for me as well, because we've had so many incredible guests come on that that I feel like I'm doing a disservice to if I don't pick their episode, because I've genuinely learned stuff every episode that we've done. But if I had to narrow it down to two people, um, the first one that I would say would be Laura Clausen. Um, our, our colleague Jonathan Van Maren often says there's no such thing as a pro-life celebrity. Um, but I feel like, at least within my understanding of the pro-life movement, I consider Laura Clausen to be a bit of a pro-life celebrity, not only because of the incredible videos that she puts out, the Just Saying videos and, and the other ones, but also with the amazing, amazing work that she's doing, kind of revitalizing the face of pregnancy support. She's doing so much work online, and it was so cool to hear her... It, for lack of a better expression, kind of a no-nonsense but incredibly charitable approach to supporting the mothers and fathers that she comes in contact with. It, it's really, really neat to see the work that she's doing with Choice for Two. It was a really cool episode to chat with her. And then the other one that I'll, I'll mention um, that got a, a huge amount of love from our audience as well that I, I found really neat. I'd never met her before, but when Aura Navas came on to talk about sharing kind of shining a light in the darkness of sexual assault. Um, this is a beautiful young woman who did one of our internships a couple years ago. And um, not that Laura is trying to become 
um, famous or, or has ambitions to become a, a spotlight kind of person. But Aura lives a, a much quieter life, I think it might be fair to say, but such a beautiful story and, and courage sharing her own experience with sexual assault and helping the two of us, not to mention all of the listeners. I, I hope that you as a listener have had the chance to check out her episode. I think it was like 14 or 15 or something like that, um, where she shared about her experience and how to shine a light into the darkness of sexual assault. Just a beautiful episode that I really, really appreciated from her. And so I, I'll mention those two, Laura Clausen and Aura Navas. Sweet. Yeah, no, those those were good. And and just mentioning the two that I mentioned, I don't want to take away from the others because they were some, some really good conversations. Let's move a little bit uh, into some of the details, sir. Um, we have a YouTube channel. We're on a number of podcast catchers. So here, here are a few numbers. Just a, a, a I was going to say year in review, but a July 29 until now review. So over 500 people have subscribed slash followed on their favorite podcast catcher, be that Spotify or iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You mention it. Uh, 500 people there. We have, this is pretty cool, 57 YouTube subscribers. And we just post the audio on YouTube. We don't even have... Uh, video of ourselves doing episodes yet. Keyword yet. Spoiler. Because, spoiler. Because come the new year, and you might be listening to this in the new year, we hope to put most of our episodes, we hope to video record most of our episodes so that you could watch us as well. Cam mentioned that I am uh, the face, uh, if you will, or the, the good looks of the podcast, but you will see that, uh, Man, the other side of the room of me, that, that those are some good looks over there with a very manly and very handsome beard, which we all love. Um, so 57 YouTube subscribers, which is really cool. Um, overall, uh, we have a website, ProLifeGuys.com. We have our podcast uh, episodes on there. Overall, we've had over 7,100 downloads and listens, and we are blown away by that, Cam, as you, uh, as you mentioned um, talking about 150 downloads a month or, or listens a month. And we are humbled by the support that we've had and by how you guys have been really enjoying some of the content that we've been putting out, hearing some of the experience that we have and uh, enjoying the conversations that we are having with other people in the movement. And so we are pretty blown away by that. I want to thank you. Thank you so much for not just listening once, but listening again and uh, and continuing to hear what we have to say for reaching out to us and sharing some of your thoughts uh, which a good number of you do. So that that's really, really cool. Cam, there's a there's a, a stat that you love, not a stat, but a kind of a, a chart that you love sharing with me. It's, I think it's one of your favorites that you check perhaps every hour, um, maybe a little bit less. Um, but it, it's, so our podcast is a how-to podcast. We want to share with people how to have good conversations about abortion. So that's how we, that's one of the ways that we, uh, that we tagged it. Could you share some pretty cool, stats about the pro-life guys podcast in the how to chart or how to uh, column yeah like you said this is something that that i i wake up every wednesday morning um feeling like it's christmas every time because i just am so eager to see how the last um, episode has performed um the charts right now are only drawing from itunes um partly because I have very little idea what I'm doing um, as a podcast person and struggling to connect our Spotify statistics as well. But on, on the Apple podcast charts, where we have peaked, it's super, super cool. So we have peaked at number four in Canada for how-to podcasts. In the entire country, number four. There are thousands and thousands of podcasts in the 
the how to um, area. We peaked at number 14 in America. There's hundreds of thousands of, of how to podcasts. A few other random ones that I'll mention that I find kind of neat as well. We peaked at number six in Ireland, number eight in Netherlands. Huge shout out to our friends in the Netherlands, um, especially to Elisa Marion, who spent two and a half months working with me in Calgary, helping us absolutely revitalize our um, onboarding and recruitment process for the organization. So huge shout out to the two of them. Peaked at number four in Mexico, number one in Croatia, uh, which is pretty darn cool. I, I have no idea who's listening to us in Croatia, but thank you very much for making this a huge thing in Croatia. Number three in Jamaica and number 39 in the UK. We super appreciate your um, following and your... Um, yeah, checking this out consistently because this is a highlight of my week every week to see just how um, high we jump on these how-to charts. Uh, with that said, though, um, Peter, do you want to mention a, a few of the other random cool stats or should I jump into that real quick? Go ahead, sir. Yeah, these this is your bread and butter. This is the, the thing that you love every week. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so um, believe it or not. So, Peter, I, I don't know exactly which demographic you fall into, but I definitely don't fall into the peak demographic of people listening to the podcast. These statistics are from Spotify. 35% of our listeners are between 18 and 22, 26% of them between 23 and 27, which is super, super cool because these are arguably the highest demographics for abortion statistics as well. And so it's super great that we have so many young people listening to um, to the podcast. We are, Canada is still the biggest country uh, when it comes to not only land mass compared to other ones, except for Russia. But if Russia keeps on shrinking, then one day we'll be one. Um, for that Arrogant Worms quote, for anyone who knows the Arrogant Worms, uh, great Canada rock band. Um, we had 56 listeners in the Netherlands, which is super cool. We have people tuning in from Estonia, Norway, El Salvador, Philippines, uh, just to name a few others. For whatever reason, the most people are tuning in on Thursday mornings. I have no idea what you guys are up to between Tuesday at 5 a.m. when I post this Mountain Standard Time and Thursday morning. Um, but you must be super busy because Thursday morning is our peak viewing time. And um, the, the artist that you've been following the most in the last... 28 days and so i know that we're getting into the christmas season now and so <laughs> you guys are also listening to michael buble ariana grande and bing crosby um if one day we can be considered um peak like those i i don't think that'll ever happen but it's cool to know that <laughs> that um you guys are listening to a lot of christmas music right now apparently and um i am way too old to listen to ariana grande i don't even really know what genre she falls into but um that just ages myself. And so th those are cool statistics. The podcast has been a blast, Peter, but obviously it's not the only thing that CCBR has been doing. What else has CCBR been doing during this um, wild ride that 2020 has been for all of us? Yeah, well, one of the things that we uh, really want to do in the movement, and this is not just a 2020 thing, but something uh, that's that's happened consistently over the last decade, uh, is we want to use the training that we've we've received and the experience that we have to train others as well, uh, to equip others that are perhaps not in the movement or part-time activists or volunteers in various places, to equip them to also have really good conversations, to be very knowledgeable about the abortion issue, to know what sort of strategy to use, and to have ideas about um, kind of the surrounding issues as well. And so speaking and training Outreach is a big part of what we do at CCBR. Now, a lot of that changed, as you uh, can well suspect. 
uh, this year with the uh, with the shutdowns and everything else that came our way. And so a lot of the training that we did ended up online uh, in webinars. Now, there are pros and cons to that. Perhaps one of the cons, you can't meet together and go for coffee afterwards and hang out. One of the pros, though, is you can meet and train people not just from your very close geographical area, but from anywhere in the world. And so uh, across CCBR, there was a time where we have we were having five to seven webinars a week. We ended up doing 70 webinars, so 70 different training sessions. We had people from Canada, uh, obviously people from you know the, the places that we live. We had people from the States, from Mexico, from Ecuador, from the UK, and from other places as well. Tune into these webinars. Now, these weren't live streams. These weren't like YouTube things. These were you know, just private Zoom call webinars where there's opportunities to ask lots of questions and to um, just to be open and real about all of these topics. So that, that was really cool. 70 webinars. We did a lot of live streams. I don't have the number in front of me of how many live streams we did. I suspect it's around 10 to 15 um, on our, our YouTube and our Facebook. Um, and those live streams, we talked about apologetics. We talked about strategy. We talked about a bunch of different things. Cam, you did, you led a study series course. Well, you didn't, you did lead a course, but you led kind of the, the program with the study series. Could you share with us a little bit about some of the, the things that were taught and some of the cool, yeah, stories that you have from teaching the study series? Yeah, for sure. And and uh, to start it off, a huge shout out to a great friend and uh, colleague of ours, Rachel, who is currently off on maternity leave with her beautiful daughter. Um, Rachel logged thousands, I feel like, of hours last year putting together this five-part video series called The Christian's Guide to Defending Life in the Womb. And it was geared towards mobilizing Christians around the world in how to have compelling and compassionate conversations that would resonate with their secular neighbors or people of, of various faith backgrounds or, or no faith background. And so she put a ton of time into this. We were so excited to launch it in January of this year, um, 12 months ago. And three months into the year, we have a lockdown and none of the churches are able to host it um, in their... In their um, church body, that kind of thing. And so we brought this study series online, this five-part video series where we would have a discussion um, component to it. Maybe we can actually have a link to it in the description, Peter, um, just making a mental note on that. Um, that this five-part video series, we had over a hundred people from across Canada, a few actually from the States as well, join us for these online small group um, discussion series. And I want to give another big shout out to our return internship program. This, this program doesn't get a whole lot of love, unfortunately, um, though I think it, it deserves a lot. Every every year, I think for the last six years, I've taken a few um, repeat interns back to Calgary to work on kind of temp staff related projects. This year, we had Danae from Thunder Bay, Michael from Vancouver, and Olivia from just outside of Atlanta, Georgia, um, join us for four months working part-time leading these courses. And now we've got door-knocking teams in Nova Scotia. We've got activism groups popping up in New Brunswick, Alberta, other places around um, the country. And also, we were able to lead training programs for campus leaders and other pro-life activists through this series through this program with Olivia, Danae, and Michael, but also through other programs in the Maritimes, Michigan, Ohio, Chilliwack, Austria, Australia, UK. Uh, it says USA here. I don't know if that's a typo because believe it or not, we do know that Michigan and Ohio are both in um, the <laughs> USA. Uh, one of the wonderful things about having our American guests on is how we try to describe where Peter and I are both situated in Calgary and Toronto. 
And we constantly get um, praised for our American geography because I'm a, a huge ge geography nerd. Um, and I love knowing where basically all of the states are and a bunch of other countries as well. I played this game called Europe in elementary school. And I know where all of the countries, capitals, mountain ranges and rivers are in Europe as well and stuff like that. So that's a random factoid about me. But we do know that Michigan and Ohio are both in the U.S., and one other thing, Peter, that I'll mention before I throw it back to you is that we held our first ever 24-hour crash course in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, Kyle, Maddie, and the team out in Winnipeg have been doing an incredible job um, growing our team of activists and whatnot. And we're able to uh, modify the program to abide by all of the regional health codes and restrictions and guidelines and all that kind of thing, bring 25 team members and participants together for a sweet weekend of training and activism. And just two stories that I wanted to share from that. I, I um, kind of hobnobbed or for those who have done like NET or CCO in Canada, MGM, meet, greet and mingle um, with a bunch of the participants. And I remember talking to two of them in particular. One of them said at the beginning of the crash course, you know what, I am way too angry of a person to be able to do these kind of conversations. I'm literally just going to rip somebody's head off. We did a bunch of training. We went out and did door knocking. And after the course, she told me, I absolutely loved it. It was so cool being able to apply these skills and seeing people change their mind was incredible. This other guy told me, you know what? I am just far too nervous. There's no way that I'm prepared to go out and have conversations with complete strangers about abortion. I'm going to have to stay behind and not do the door knocking. He did an hour and a half of door knocking with, um, I think he was paired up with Maddie um, for a lot of it. And at the end of it, again, he came up and said, you know what, I feel like I could do this every week. I'm so excited to be a part of the volunteer team here. And so huge shout out to Kyle and Maddie in Winnipeg as well for running this incredible 24-hour crash course. That's a long-winded thing for me. I don't know how many questions you expect me to answer there, Peter, but I'll throw it back to you um, because you know a little bit about our our um, involvement with the Irish March for Life this year, right? Yeah, so that, that was pretty cool. Uh, unfortunately, Jonathan, our communications director, was not able to travel to Ireland and be part of the Rally for Life there, but they did move it online, and Jonathan was one of the speakers there as well. Um, I, as you, uh, probably know, Jonathan wrote the book Patriots, the untold story of the, the Irish pro-life movement, uh, about the, the eighth amendment and all of that. We hope to have an episode soon to talk about that. So Jonathan's very familiar with the Irish pro-life movement. He's connected with them, chats with them regularly. And so he was able to, uh, have, a, a talk at the Irish rally for life. And so for our outreach and our training, we had an audience this year of a little over, 40,000 people, so 40,000 audience members between the webinars, the training sessions, the Rally for Life, uh, the crash courses that we did, you name it, um, whatever sort of trainings we did, uh, 40,000. So that's a pretty sweet number. Love seeing that number. Um, and just a, a testament to, and, and I guess a big thanks to the work here of some of our colleagues at CCBR, not just speaking, but be doing a lot of the behind the scenes things as well to make sure that those speaking engagements can happen and can happen in an effective way that helps people get equipped. Yeah. And, and one last shout out that I'll give, um, because it was a super cool opportunity that I had to be a part of the Pines for the Aquinas conference that um, Matt Frad put on. Matt Frad has been a hero of mine with his anti-porn work that he's done, a lot of his other apologetic stuff that he's done as well. I'm sure some of the 
the listeners here. I hope that you were able to check out that conference. That was such a blessing to be able to be a part of that. Over 30,000 people attended that. I have no idea how many of you checked out my talk, but presumably those of you who are listening did check out my talk because that's probably how you got connected with the podcast. But yeah, incredible, incredible reach when it comes to our engagement. But that's the cool thing, that talks, webinars, and other outreach training isn't even the bread and butter, the meat and potatoes, whatever kind of culinary metaphor you want to use, isn't even what CCBR is all about. Peter, let's share a little bit about the outreach, the actual activism that we did in in Canada. And I'll actually kick this off, even though you probably played a larger part in the Abortion Awareness Project than I did. I've been down to Florida to do our Abortion Awareness Project since 2014. Um, I, I must say that I've been trying to dodge that bullet as much as I possibly can, because, um, I don't handle hot weather very well. I am much more comfortable in minus 25 than I am in plus 25. And yet this was the year that, that my number got called. I went down there. It was incredible to be part of the training team and to see 40 people over two weeks, come down, learn some pro-life apologetics and have a ton of conversations and not only a ton of conversations, but the number that I'm, I'm aware of, and, and Peter, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we saw over 600 testimonies from those participants in only eight days of activism on those Florida campuses. We go down to Florida every February. Unfortunately, we won't be in 2021 because of COVID, but we've been doing it for the last 10 years. And this year we saw over 600 people change their mind on abortion in less than eight full days of activism. Absolutely bonkers, which led to our highest number of intern applicants that we've ever received. Um, it is a beautiful but still heart-wrenching problem to have to turn people away from our internships because we have so many applicants and we don't have the office space or the vehicle space or anything to even be able to accept them. And so I don't know if you want to add anything to your AAP experience. You've been a regular there for the last couple of years, I want to say, but um, you were certainly there as an anchor of that team. Um, what was your experience like? It was great. The Abortion Awareness Project, we've mentioned it before. I probably said this before as well. It is my favorite project here at CCBR. Part of it is because we get to go, we get to provide training, and we see like 40 people. We had roughly 40 participants this year. We see them come in kind of not sure how to have conversations, not sure if they really want to do this. They get out onto the university campuses. They have their first few conversations. Sometimes they're rough, sometimes they're not. We're able to mentor them and lead them in the conversations. And by the end of the week, you see them as activists with experience. They know how to change people's minds and they end up being some of the most well-trained and well-experienced activists that exist in Canada. Um, you know, when they go back, they go to their university campuses and not only do they, have, do they have stories to tell, but they also have the know-how into how to change people's minds. So it's a phenomenal project for me. On this 600 testimonies cam, it could seem like quite a bit, but let's look at the numbers and break it down a little bit. 600 testimonies. We had roughly 40 activists there, not including the conversations that the staff members had. 60, 600 testimonies for 40 activists is 15 testimonies for each activist. Now, now the, the, the activists were there. We were, we were there as staff for two weeks, but the activists, we had two groups come in, so they were there for a week. Now, that is just under four testim testimonies per day per person. Now, if you think about it, we were on these campuses for six to seven hour days. 
uh, for four days. We did a day of, of training. We had four days on university campuses. And then the Friday was a transition day. People were leaving. So four days of activism. I know of people, I know of, of activists that we were with who had a lot more than four minds changed per day because we're interacting with thousands of people uh, on this university campus. So these are some of the biggest university campuses in the United States. And so thinking, you know, 600 testimonies is a lot, but that's four per activist. And I know of activists who had a lot more than that. So very, very, very manageable. The next project uh, is the internship. So you mentioned the one internship that we did, which was the return internship with Danae, Michael, and Olivia. Um, I also worked on an internship here in London, Ontario, which was really, really cool. And it was... Uh, it was a smaller internship because of the restrictions that we were facing. We did projects a little bit differently to make sure we were socially distanced from people and um, everything remained safe. And, and we praise the Lord that we had no outbreaks or sickness or anything. We had people get tested a few times and every test came back negative. So that was great. Um, but that was that was a really, really sweet project we were able to do. And, and as someone who's also very involved in internships here at CCBR, I was extremely grateful that we were able to do an internship after the other ones that I was planning to be involved with were canceled. The next thing we did was uh, in the GTA here, Cam, we had a three-day intensive program that happened in July. Now, usually we have our crash courses. The last crash course had roughly 40 to 45 participants. Last year, we have our pro-life week of action where we get uh, high school students during their March break to come out. Um, and same thing, get training, get on the streets, have these conversations. Um, but those were those were canceled, and the three day intensive replaced them again. It was with a smaller group of people, and uh, there were five participants, um, and they were chosen as uh, they were like handpicked as some of the most promising activists or up and coming activists that we saw. Um, so they received training. They went on the streets, and really cool. Uh, two of them ended up doing the London internship that we did. One is currently helping run Niagara against abortion. One is helping run. Windsor against abortion, and the other is a, a high school student who ended up coming out for the pro-life day of action that we had a little bit later. Um, so all of them stayed involved, and not just involved, I mean, some of them are doing phenomenal work with the, the groups that they're working with or with the internship that they just finished not too long ago. And then we did a, the pro-life day of action organized by our great friend and colleague Maria McCann, and we had more than 30 people from across Ontario uh, and some from Quebec, they tuned in to uh, a Zoom training in the morning of this particular Tuesday, uh, a training just for activism and how we can have conversations. And then in the afternoon, each group, organ group organized their local activism for the participants. So we got almost 60 people show up. Some of them were brand new activists, hadn't done this before. And they were out on the streets. They received training and out on the streets in Toronto, London, Hamilton, Waterloo, and Oxford, Ontario, I believe Oxford, I have a maybe here, so maybe Oxford, um, and Niagara as well. So very, very thankful for that. Um, but let's let's dive into the stats, sir, unless you have something else to add about some of the projects that we were doing. No, the only other small one that I'll mention is that our colleagues again, um, or actually I'll, I'll give a huge shout out to Vanessa, who um, has been safely traveling all over the country to lead activism. She's such a go-getter. She was featured in, I want to say, episode four of the podcast, running um, um, activism as an activism leader. She spent a bunch of time out in Vancouver over the summer, um, safely leading activism out there. And through her efforts, we saw like a five-fold increase in activism um, year over year from last year. 
Um, and so huge growth there. She was actively involved in that London internship as well. She's an absolute gem. I'm so glad that she's part of the team. And then last thing I'll mention is again, back to Kyle and Maddie leading a somewhat similar pro-life day of action, significantly smaller, but in Steinbach, Manitoba, a smaller town, um, but they did a tremendous amount of door knocking and postcarding in that town. Um, together with a ton of volunteers that they had there. And so shout outs to them as well. It was a magnificent year of activism. I would say I'm especially uh, maintaining that we jump through all the hoops and, and do it as safely as we possibly can. We had teams out there wearing masks. We had teams out there doing the um, check-ins before all of the activism to make sure that no symptoms, anything like that. Um, it was really, really cool to see how committed and how willing people were to jump through hoops to make sure that activism still happened. So hit us with the stats, man. You, you got them. You got our, our newsletter that um, Micah, the one and only Micah, uh, put together. Um, hit us with the stats that she collected for, for what we did um, this year all told together. Okay, so... The way that we keep track of our activism stats at CCBR is we count the views. So we count how many times our images have been seen. And so there are some offices that count how many conversations they've had, how those conversations went. Uh, but if you uh, remember or recall episode three that we had with Jonathan Van Maren about the strategy that we use and the importance of abortion victim photography, the main way that we keep track of stats is how many times people see the images. And now just as a, a side note on that as well, we always try to give a really, really conservative figure. Why is that? We don't want to like oversell ourselves and end up lying about how many stats we've done, how many views we have. Uh, but we want to say, you know, with absolute certainty, this is how many people saw uh, the, the images. So let me give you an example of that. Um, postcarding. So postcarding is one of the, one of the projects we do. It's a uh, a pro-life literature drop. We go door to door dropping off literature showing the the injustice of abortion. Now, you, I suspect uh, that between 1.5 to 2.5 views happen uh, on average for every postcard. I mean, it ends up in, in homes. Um, Cam thinks it's a little bit lower. Um, but what we do is we say one view per postcard, even if it goes in the home and the whole family sees it, because we want to make sure that that this is the absolute correct number yeah and and so postcarding is like you said probably one of the easier ones to know because we know exactly how many postcards we deliver you might wonder how do we calculate views for something like choice chain um, where you've got tons of people milling around what we do is we literally have a dedicated team member who will do a visual count dozens and dozens of times over looking at how many people do they physically observe looking at the signs if they walk by and they don't look at the sign or we don't see them look at the sign, they don't get counted. Um, people who walk by who look at the signs that we don't see, they don't get counted. And generally what we see is that we get um, at least um, 1.75, if not twice as many views um, with these counts on average than what we actually attribute towards the projects. Because again, we want to err so much on that side of caution to have the highest degree of certainty that the numbers that we're um, sharing are actually being achieved. We're not trying to do um, these are exactly what the numbers are down to the exact person or or average projections. We're taking the average, we're basically cutting it in half um, for something like choice chain or vehicle choice chain and sharing those numbers so that we can have the highest degree of confidence that these are accurate uh, minimum statistics, should I say. Yeah, that's that's good. All right, so here are the numbers. We, we split CCBR into east and west. 
East is Ontario East and West is Manitoba uh, and West. So in the West, Cam, this is your your area. We had 2.3 million views of abortion images, 2.3 million. In the East, we had 1.8 million views of abortion images here. That's 1.8 million. And that is a total of 4.1 million views of abortion images. I chatted with Jonathan prior to this episode recording, and he said that in during our abortion awareness project, two weeks, we had a phenomenal reach, a lot of testimonies. He said, I just, I cut those numbers off just to make sure that the final number we were giving was absolutely correct. Um, and so our suspicion is that uh, the, the numbers are higher than this, but to, to give absolute certainty is 4.1 million views of abortion images over the last 12 months. Um, part of that came from our truth truck. So we have a number of trucks that run around the country or drive around the country. And those trucks depict the images. They have images on the side of abortion victims. Uh, those trucks were running for 1,035 hours. Uh, with our teams across the country, we did 5,430 man hours of public outreach which uh, which is quite a bit, 5,430. We delivered 129,332 postcards. So we went to 129,332 front doors across the, across the country to drop off some literature. And just a, a cool stat as well uh, regarding... Um, we, we don't we don't count this in the final stats, but the social media engagement, we had 4.2 million engagements on social media. We don't count that in the final numbers. Um, part of that was a, a video that I was in that went viral on TikTok, which is pretty cool because at the beginning of the year, you never would have convinced me that I would have been on TikTok, never mind be going, becoming viral on TikTok. So that was pretty exciting. Got million, millions of views there. Um, so yeah, that, that's that. Uh, 4.1, that's the big number here, 4.1 million views of abortion images. And this is key if you think about it. I, I uh, I mentioned a few episodes ago about a project I was doing for school. I'm working on another project for school right now uh, around abortion. It's a bit of a research project. And the more I do projects on abortion, the more I think about it, the more I really realize how awful it actually is. I mean, we we are crushing the skulls of little children and uh, and all of that. And our culture wants abortion out of sight, out of mind, doesn't want to deal with it, wants to make sure that the public thinks that abortion is a very sanitized process that has no consequences at all. And so these images, I mean, we are showing images of aborted victims and they were seen 4.1 million times across the country of Canada. And so we are very, very thankful about that. And we, uh, I mean, we, we know and we trust and we've heard many stories and we have many stories of conversations we've had. We know that God is using this to change people's hearts and change their minds uh, to turn away from abortion. And one just one thing that I'll just add in here real quick, and I know we covered this way back when, when we had Jonathan Van Maren on in episode three about um, the impact of the images. The reason why we, we talk so much about the views that we achieve um, is because uh, third-party polling has found that 67% of people who view abortion victim photography are willing to admit that they feel more negatively about abortion after viewing the image than they had beforehand. Right? And so there are literally hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people, because we don't know exactly how many people are seeing the images more than once, but at least hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people who are now 
feeling more negatively about abortion um, than they were at the beginning of this year. Not only that, but there are also tens of thousands of people, if not hundreds of thousands of people, who are now completely against abortion in all circumstances. Through the conversations, through just seeing the images themselves, we know that from from polling, from statistics, this is not just conjecture, this is not just um, wishful thinking on our behalf, this is from what um, polling respondents have, have admitted to feeling more negatively or outright changing their categorical position on abortion because of seeing the images, because of having conversations. Um, and so that's why we focus so much on the views, because we know that they work, not just because we follow in the footsteps of other social reform movements, not just because we see people when we're out on the street change their minds and tell us about it, but because the polling demonstrates that this, that these um, testimonies are not just random occurrences, but rather data points on a trend towards a more pro-life nation. And on the the, the polling, um, just to clarify, we hired at different points uh, throughout the last few years a professional poll, pollsters to to do the to get the analysis to get the data, not to get the analysis to get the data. Uh, that data got shipped to a university professor who does statistics and all of those fancy things, and she put a report together for us. Um, so we didn't touch the numbers or fudge them or anything before the university professor, the the statistician got those numbers. She sent them back to us. And if you want them, there are two ways to get them. The The, the one way is just email us and we'll send you a PDF form. Uh, the even cooler way is to find it in the appendix in Jonathan Van Maren's book, Seeing is Believing Why Our Culture Must Face the Victims of Abortion. 30% off right now, but that, that sale ends at the end of the month, uh, which is pretty close. So, um, But Seeing is Believing, a, a great resource uh, showing what strategy we use uh, to fight abortion and why we use it. So you can find it there as well. Let's transition a little bit, Cam. Uh, just a few, uh, I guess, closing things, a few smaller things, but that are still significant to mention. At the Abortion Awareness Project, uh, two of the attendees were from pro-life Europe, Bethany Jansen and Manuela Steiner. Uh, they were absolutely great. They're champs. They were doing some phenomenal work in Europe. I know that they, well, when we last talked about this specifically uh, in February, they were working with pro-life groups in eight different countries in Europe. I suspect that with their stamina and with their vision and with their tireless work, uh, they are at more countries than that right now. But they wanted to learn a little bit about our projects, our strategies. They were connected with Jonathan Van Maren. So they ended up coming to AAP. They got the training. They asked a ton of questions, which was really good. They, they got clarification on everything. And then they went out to the campus to say, okay, so we, we were convinced in your training session that this worked. Let's see if it actually works when we get onto the campus. And they were blown away by the conversations that they were able to have and how people transitioned, how they changed their view about abortion because of the images and because of the apologetics that we used. And so they are doing what they can right now to implement some of the strategies that we use in the, the countries that they're working with as pro-life Europe. So doing some really cool things. We've been following some of the work that they are doing for a little while and we're really excited about that. But but love the 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 relationship that we're able to build and, and love how they're taking some of the things that we've learned, some of the strategies that we use uh, to Europe to, to work with university groups and other pro-life groups that are there as well. Boom. What a year. What a year, eh? We... 
This has been an absolute blast, not only because now we get to, to chat, usually at least once a week, um, about this podcast. It's been great getting to know you a little bit better, but it, it has been so cool seeing the amazing ingenuity, creativity of our team to maintain our reach, um, to continue connecting with Canadians from coast to coast to coast, continue um, sharing our um, experience and insight and um, all that kind of good stuff with other groups in other countries as well. It's been a really, really cool year um, for pro-life engagement. And while I'm certainly looking forward to 2021, um, I won't have probably quite the same degree of, of um, resentment towards 2020 now that I've had this beautiful opportunity to kind of process all of the amazing things that we've been blessed to be able to do this year. That said, what what about um, leaving the viewers that have stuck around for, I, I know that we're already into 45 minutes here or so. So for those of you who have stuck around, we super appreciate it. Peter, what can they get ready for in 2021? Maybe start by sharing a little bit about the new series that we're going to put on, on the podcast, and then we'll dive into some of the stuff that we're going to be doing from CCBR. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about the podcast. So we have two new series coming. We've mentioned them before. We'll mention them again. One is called Humans of the Pro-Life Movement. So every week, probably Fridays, we'll be dropping or releasing those episodes. We want to have a 10 to 20 minute conversation with someone working in the pro-life movement, whether uh, whether they're here in Canada, across the country, perhaps some friends of ours in the States um, or, or pro-life Europe. But we want to highlight um, that there are so many different people working in the movement. You don't have to be like Cam, who's full-time, like myself, who is almost full-time, uh, you don't have to be like the rest of our colleagues, although we would love for you to be our colleagues. Um, so do apply and, and don't let this be a hindrance to you applying. But but the people that we work with are mothers with children, they're fathers, they're university students, they have regular full-time jobs, they have families, you name it. Um, you, they're all kinds of people from different different ages, uh, from different walks of life, uh, origin, original originally coming from different countries, you name it. Um, we have these people working with us. And so what we want to do on Humans of the Pro-Life Movement is show some of the the phenomenal people that we're working with, have conversations, hear a little bit about their stories and why they continue working in the movement. So we're really excited about that because uh, the more we're in the movement, the more we realize how much we can learn from other people. And this, I mean, this is an opportunity for us to have these conversations, to learn from them a little bit and to be re-inspired week after week uh, from the the really, really great things that others are doing. The second series we hope to start is going to be called The Pulse. And this is going to be a once a month episode. We're not sure how long it's going to be yet, probably 20 to 40 minutes, somewhere within that that range. And we want to share with you news from around the world, not just news from around the world, pro-life news from around the world. So what's happening in different countries, what happened that is good, uh, perhaps uh, politically, what happened that was bad politically, uh, what sort of cultural shift are we seeing that is uh, that made the news. So we want to share with you news from around the world. We want to collect that throughout the month, put it together in episode format, and then share it with you so that you can be up, kept up to date on all of the things that are happening around the globe in the pro-life movement. Yeah, and and I hope that our listeners get real excited about those two areas. I'm super excited to be a part of them. Um, but I, I want to mention a few people that you can anticipate being on the program in the coming year. Um, Lord willing, we'll have some even bigger names than some of the people that we've had on so far. As we've been building the podcast, I'm sure you can imagine that um, some of the higher profile 
pro-lifers um, have been wanting for this to, to grow a little bit before they're going to invest some time into it. But I'm really excited to announce that we'll be having guests of the likes of Stephanie Gray Connors, Lila Rose, um, Scott Klusendorf, and countless others, high-profile pro-life people who have been active in the movement for either decades or they have particular skill sets that I really think that you as listeners can benefit from. And so we are really excited now that this show, because of your help, because of your faithful listening, has allowed us to really enter into the arena of being able to engage some of the highest profile people around the world in conversations about their experiences and how their incredible experience and insight can help you in conversations. And so Keep sharing this with your friends and family because it helps us get on the coolest guests imaginable. Look forward to those guests and many others coming up. What else are we doing this year? Do you want to add something on the podcast or do you want to jump into CCBR now? Yeah, I'll just highlight a little bit about CCBR. We are working on an online volunteer team. Uh, Cam, you're working on that, a bit of a program to, uh, I think, kind of train and equip people to have good and effective uh, conversations online. So we have an online team starting. We have the VIP program. Could you remind me what the VIP program is briefly? It is the Vancouver Intensive Pro-Life Program. It is a really, really exciting endeavor that we're really hoping that we'll be able to um, have replace our standard Florida AAP trip. This will see people um, from across the country and many of uh, many people from the Vancouver area as well, I hope, join for... Um, the the program in Vancouver, middle of February. You can find the link in the show notes, and um, it it will be a really 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 cool event. So long as Lord willing, we're able to make it happen. Obviously, we're getting closer and closer, and there's a lot of health restrictions going on. We're committed to abiding by those health um, directives, and so. We hope that it can happen, but this is something that we've been talking about for a long time. Vancouver is such a great spot to do activism, such an essential spot for us to be engaging people with the reality of abortion. We're really excited to be able to bring a team there to get some more domestic experience in changing minds and saving lives. And then alongside that, we're planning summer internships as well. Um, we're actually planning more than just a summer internship. We're planning like all these contingency plans Uh just all dependent upon what sort of restrictions we're facing at that particular time. Planning an apologetic course, planning more 24-hour crash courses, and more. So if you are thinking, I would love to be part of a particular course, I'd love to be part of your internship or your VIP program or whatever it might be, do reach out to us. I mean, you can find more information uh, at CCBR and thekilling.ca, but do reach out to us um, if you have any further questions because we've been doing this for a little while and uh, and we can most definitely give you um, some answers and, and and point you in the right direction if you want to get involved in any particular way. Cam, you have you have I just before I wrap this up, you have one last announcement here that you would like to share. I am really excited. We are finally getting on to Patreon. Um, we are excited to be able to invite you to financially partner with the program so that we can continue growing. Um, obviously, we've we've got all of our microphones and everything, but um, there are expenses that we incur not only hosting the program, but bringing on guests and all that kind of thing. But we also want to build more of a community around this podcast, around this platform entirely. And so we're going to be on Patreon. This will be launching as soon as we can possibly get all of our designs together. And this will be a great way for you to get more content 
for you to get more opportunities to chat with myself and Peter. This uh, not only that, but also some really, really cool swag that we are in the process of exploring right now. We've got some designs locked down already. We've got more to come. Uh, we'll be doing a big um, unveiling as soon as all of it's ready, but please stay tuned for that because we want you to be proud of your pro-life um, worldview. We want you to be a part of this community. We are all in this together. We only transform our culture if we're all working um, shoulder to shoulder on the front lines, behind the scenes, everywhere. We need everyone in this together, and we want to show just how much we value you guys and we want you to be able to be a part of this show and help us grow bigger and bigger, getting bigger and better. Not not necessarily better because we've had some incredible guests already. Not to say that, that we've, we're just doing the B-list right now. We've had some phenomenal guests on already, but we're excited to bring on some even higher profile guests. And yeah, so check out the swag that's going to be coming out relatively soon. Check on our different Patreon levels and please be a part of this movement. All right. As we wrap this up, I just want to say thank you. We shared some of the projects that we've done. We've shared the training we've been able to do. We shared the 4.1 million total views of abortion images that we were able to achieve this year, even with the, the pandemic, even with the restrictions that we were facing in the various provinces that we were in. But there are many, 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 many people that we have to thank. There are prayer warriors who are praying for the work of CCBR, who are praying that uh, that that little preborn children would be safe from abortion, praying that our culture and the status quo on the topic of abortion would change. We want to thank you so much. There are financial supporters and a, a massive, massive army of financial supporters uh, behind CCBR, behind the work that we're doing ensuring that we can do this full time, that we can take the time and have these conversations, these critical conversations about abortion at high schools and colleges and universities and downtown areas and door to door and and you name it. There are people who are financially partnering partnering with the work that CCBR, CCBR does. So thank you so much. There are those who encourage us regularly. I mean, all the staff members have people in their lives who encourage us in the work that we're doing, um, whether it be family or friends or spouses uh, or who are church members. There are people who are behind this work in many, many different ways. So thank you so much. Thank you also to our staff members. I know you guys are going to be listening to this. So thank you for the work that you guys have done from the bottom of our hearts. To all the activists out there who have regular jobs, who have families, who spend time on the streets, who, you know, Saturday morning, you're out at that street corner. Thursday night, you're going door to door, having conversations or dropping pro-life literature doing this not because you're getting paid, not because the glamour, because there's not glamour. I mean, there's good friendships and stuff, but um, I mean, you get hated by the media, you get hated by the people, and yet you have a vision uh, about a, an abortion-free Canada. You're part of something way bigger than yourself, and you are working tirelessly and sacrificially to make sure that people across this country know what abortion is. And, and not just across this country. I mean, people working around the world, if you're listening to this, thank you for the work that you are doing. And to anyone else that I missed, I mean, thank you uh, for the work that you're doing. Thank you for continually being part of this movement, this fight to get the abortion rate from whatever number it is in your country. It's 100,000 a year in our country down to a big zero. That is That is our goal. That's what we're working towards. And we hope that as you listen to this episode, you are inspired uh, to continue being active in the movement or to get involved in the movement. 
Uh, I'm just thinking there are days when we're on the streets, there are days you're in conversations and you feel like, what am I doing? But to know what is happening around you, and we hope that this episode shared with you a little bit about what's happening across the country. You're, you're not doing this alone. You are part of a team greater than yourself. You're part of a vision greater than yourself. And you're part of a movement that is growing, that is seeing people change their minds. And we hope that some of the things that we have shared inspire you and encourage you to get involved in the movement, to have those conversations, to be equipped, to, to go door to door, dropping off pro-life literature that shows the, tr- the truth about abortion. And we hope it encourages you to continue on in the fight. So thank you all. Uh, we had a really, really great year. Um, above all, we want to thank our good Lord and our Savior Jesus for the opportunity to be able to do this. Um, because of him, life is valuable. Because of him, we have the strength to do what we were able to do. Because of him, we were able to create these contingency plans, to have this creativity, to meet as an entire team, to strategize for a number of days to make sure that we could continue getting the truth of abortion out to the people of this country. And so... Cam, as we wrap this up, sir, do you have one final thing? Oh, man, I, I have no idea how I can supplement that at all. Um, yeah, just just echoing. Super appreciate the, the hard work, the diligence, the commitment of each and every one of you. In whatever sphere you're able to do pro-life outreach, whether it's on a regular basis, whether it's very sporadic, uh, whether you're just getting your toes wet or whether you've been doing this for decades, we super appreciate being... Um, being shoulder to shoulder with you that that this isn't about elevated positions or anything like that we are excited to be in this peer-to-peer with people like you i want to invite you to continue um helping this movement to grow because we can do it together Uh, with god's blessing and with your hard work we can continue to transform our culture we're already seeing um changes being made we've got a long road ahead of us and we hope that we can continue to inspire continue to share with and continue to journey along with each and every one of you. And so I hope that you've had a wonderful Christmas season. I hope that 2021 is a beautiful and blessed year for each and every one of you. And I don't have anything else to say beyond that. So Peter, wrap us up. Yes, for sure. Thank you all. Thank you for tuning in to the episodes that we have dropped before this date. And we hope you continue to tune in after this. Peace out, everyone. And peace out, 2020.